Hi, welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Alex Papas, Senior Pastor at Oceans Unite Christian Center. So great to be with you all tonight. So good to be in church, amen. (laughs) I just love church. (laughs) I get to be here every day. (laughs) But this is my favorite time. Everything we do in the week is leads up to, to this, to the weekend services. And in the week we do the work of the ministry, but here's the equipping and the coming together, the gathering of the saints. It's a very precious thing to God, I believe. I wonder what he thinks of the way we do church. Amen. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but I know that he loves it when we worship him. I know that he loves it when we worship him in spirit and in truth, when we desire him. You know, he always responds to that. So this evening, I'm going to be ministering a word to you, and I'm going to try and come at a perspective that I hope will encourage and strengthen you. My message is entitled, 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 Pure Purpose. Pure purpose. You know, every single one of us goes through different things all the time. Sometimes we go through great times. Those are fun. (laughs) Sometimes we go through difficult times. And in your walk with God, you'll go through different seasons. But it's so important that we stay close to the Lord. It's so important that our relationship with him is more important than anything else. Nothing else should compare to that. I was telling Naomi in the car on the way here this, this evening that I remember when I was starting out, I remember the day after I had this major encounter with God, I woke up in the morning and I just got my Bible. I'd hardly ever read the Bible, but I had it. And I took it everywhere with me because I just wanted to learn and learn more and find out more. There was this drive and a hunger for more of God. And I really believe that God wants us to always have a desire for more of Him. If you ever get to a place where you read Scripture and you think you know it all, you're in a lot of trouble. Because you can read a verse and God will still speak to you out of that verse for the rest of your life. One verse. Because man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of his mouth. God is always speaking and his word is so alive. Yes, there's interpretation that is obvious, but God is constantly speaking out of his word. Revelation is something that is coming all the time. And so we should always be challenged by his word and desire his word. You know, many people today will will walk with God and, and kind of feel like, you know, they can sometimes live almost like two lives. And I'm not saying this about any of you because none of you are like this, you know. (laughs) But unfortunately, in the world today, there are many ministers even, lots of them, that live almost like a double life. And the truth is, is that what's incredible about it is that the gift of God that's on them will still often operate. In other words, God will still use them. 
But the Bible really does warn us. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse number 12, it says, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. It's important that we always guard our hearts, make sure that we're walking with God, make sure we're close to him. You know, I was thinking about Satan. Satan. <laughs> Ooh. Come on, it's just the devil. I was thinking about Satan, and it's interesting because Satan was not created. He became Satan all on his own. God created Lucifer. And Lucifer was a very beautiful creature. In fact, the, the Bible speaks to him about being perfect. But he became Satan all on his own. It was something that happened to him in his heart. Ezekiel 28 verse 15 says it like this. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. What an incredible statement to be said about somebody. And then it says this, till iniquity was found in you. And then in verse 16 it says, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within. And you sinned, therefore I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. It's interesting because if you look at this, you can see that iniquity was found in him. But it says that there was an abundance of trading. I, 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 I tend to believe that I don't think that Lucifer became bad overnight. I don't think it was like he woke up one morning and decided, today I'm going to be bad. I think his, his heart, if angels have hearts, was changing. Something in him was developing. And the most incredible thing to me is that God didn't put an end to it immediately. What does that tell you about God? It tells you that God is such an incredible God of grace and mercy that he allowed this to continue. And don't for one minute think that he didn't know what was going on. He knew exactly what was going on. He knows everything. And so while this is taking place, he's even able, Lucifer that is, to convince a third of the angels to follow his deceit because his heart became wicked. It's interesting to me how this is even possible that this could happen to someone that's so close to God, someone that's in the presence of God all the time, can end up being drawn away by his own heart, by his own iniquity, by his own selfish design. And we know about the eyes of, of Lucifer, of Satan. And so I just think it's so important for each and every one of us to make sure that we stay close to God and guard our hearts above everything else. Make sure that we protect ourselves. Make sure that we protect our hearts. Make sure that we walk with Him and that we stay close to Him and watch this, that we stay pure. Because God has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. And that includes us walking with Him and changing not being as the world is. Otherwise, we have the same nature as the enemy. Let's go to Ephesians 2, verse number 1. Ephesians 2, verse number 1. 
Amen. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. You were walking just like the enemy. The spirit whom now works in the sons of disobedience. In other words, that spirit is still working in those in the world. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. In other words, we were no difference to those in the world. We were being influenced. We were, being, we were just like those in the world. But God, everybody say, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loves us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Isn't that wonderful? By grace, we have been saved. But you see, we've been saved, but that doesn't mean that now we must continue as the world. God wants us to change. Because if we don't change, we will be just as the world and we will never be effective the way God wants us to be. Ephesians 4 verse number 1 says this, Therefore I, a prisoner, for serving the Lord, beg you, this is Paul speaking now, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. This is not a joke. This is a serious thing. He's saying, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Verse number two, always being humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for future. God wants to give you a future. He wants to give you a hope. He wants to separate you. This is important. He wants to separate you from the world. You know, my dad always has a saying when it comes to sickness. He says, if it looks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, if it walks like the duck, so let me ask you something. If you're a Christian, but you act like the world, you look like the world, you walk like the world, you talk like the world, you do the things that the world does. You have been called to be separated. You have been set apart and you must walk worthy of the calling that God has placed upon your life. God has called us to walk. Man, we are so fortunate because we have revelation of authority. We have revelation of power. We have revelation of the fact that God actually poured out His Spirit upon us and that we can be used by Him, that we can trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Listen, that's not a joke. That's awesome. Work worthy, walk worthy of what He's called you to do. Walk worthy of it. Don't stay in the world. Don't gossip like the world gossips. Don't speak evil like the world speaks evil. Don't live and live, live and do things the way the world does them because we are supposed to be separated. We are supposed to be consecrated to God. We are supposed to be holy before Him. We're not supposed to walk like a duck, quack like a duck, 
look like a duck. We are supposed to be different. The world is supposed to be able to look at us and see that there is something different about us. No, we don't walk around with a pompous attitude. We don't walk around thinking, oh, we're so holy because we know that we make mistakes and thank God that it's His righteousness that qualifies us or we would have no righteousness at all. But God in His Word says that we should continue still to seek righteousness. Remember, even seeking righteousness doesn't make you righteous. You're righteous because He made you righteous. But that doesn't mean, listen to me, that doesn't mean that you must not desire to be holy. That doesn't mean that you must not desire to change. That doesn't mean that when you're not married, you can have sex. That doesn't mean, that means you must change. That means you must live different. You cannot look like the world, act like the world, be like the world, and then expect all the benefits of God. Come on. The Holy Spirit is constantly working inside of you. He's the one who's convicting you. When, you. when you are feeling a conviction, when He begins to convict you, when He begins to move upon you, you must respond to that. God, when He calls us, He speaks to us, He touches us. Many of you, I've seen you get saved. I've seen it. Many of you got saved, yeah. Many of you didn't, but many of you did. I watched you when you came in. I watched how God encountered you and changed you. Now separate yourself. Don't go back to the things of this world because you're in a bit of a dry season. Don't be like the children of Israel who complained because they hadn't yet received everything that God said they would receive. So what did they do? They decided, oh, well, let's just go back to Egypt. It's a little bit more fun there. Let's just go back to our old ways. Let's just go back to, to, to being the way we were. Now God has called you to be separated. God has called you to be holy. God has called you to be consecrated. God has called you to seek after Him. God doesn't want you to look like the world. He doesn't want you to speak like the world. He doesn't want you to act like the world. He doesn't want you to be conformed to this world. He wants you to be changed, renewed, transformed. He wants you to be just like He is. Now watch, let's go in our Bibles to a familiar story. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 9, verse number 1. 1 Kings chapter 9, verse number 1. And it came to pass when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the king's house and all Solomon's desire which he wanted to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time. Everybody say the second time. Listen, I want to say something to you. God is about to encounter Solomon in a very personal, powerful way for the second time. When God has encountered you, some of you have been encountered in a very powerful, profound way more than once. In fact, I think today in this dispensation, we are, we're encountering God many times. Now watch. The Lord appeared to Solomon the second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. And the Lord said to him, I've heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. I have consecrated, in other words, I've separated this house which you have built to put my name there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Now, if you walk before me, everybody say if. 
you must understand that in order for you to step into all that God has for you, I want you to understand there is an if. There is an if. Yes, we have everything. God has done everything for us, but that doesn't mean we can just sit back, think we can live how we want, live like the world, act like the world, do as the world was. I want you to know you will be in the world. There is an if. If you or your sons turn from following me and do not keep my commandments and my statutes, which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel from the land which I have given them. And this house which I have consecrated for my name, I will cast out of my sight. Israel will be a proverb and a byword among the all peoples. And as for this house which is exalted, everyone who passes by it will be astonished and will hiss and say, why has the Lord done thus to this land and to this house? Then they will answer because they forsook the Lord their God who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt and have embarrassed their gods and worshipped them and served them before the Lord who brought all this calamity on them. And for those of you that know the story, Solomon doesn't really obey God. In fact, he, he, he has an incredible lust and he goes after and he marries so many women. We're not going to get into all the details. But he ends up doing exactly what God did not want him to do. And he ends up offering sacrifices and stuff to these women's gods. So in other words, he forgets. He forgets the God who touched him. He forgets the God who blessed him. He forgets the God who encountered him. And he turns away from the Lord and begins to, to basically serve false gods. He begins to go after those things in the world. The lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the eyes, the pride of life. That's exactly what happened to him. He got led into that. He was no longer the way he was when he was younger. If you study scripture, you'll find out that what he wanted to do was he wanted to sac make sacrifices to the Lord. He built high places for God. He had a desire to seek the Lord just like his father David. But then he went after the things of this world. And his end was not the way it should have been. And the Bible tells us in 1 Kings 11, verse number 6, Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord. Everyone say fully. I want you to understand God demands you to follow Him fully. If you want to experience the anointing, the power of God manifest in your life, if you pursue the kingdom the way that you say that you desire it, then you must understand He desires that you would follow Him fully. No one can argue with me this has got nothing to do with grace or no grace. He is a jealous God. He has never changed. He will always be that way. He desires that you serve Him fully, that you go after Him completely. Amen. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, what age we're in. It's the same thing. God is the same. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to just pretend or play, play church. I want to see God manifest Himself. I want to see God fill this place with His glory. I want to see lives changed and touched. And I know that it happens when there are a people that consecrate themselves, that make a decision to seek the Lord. When there is an altar built, when there are sacrifices made, when there are people that desire God, He always answers with fire, always. 
Always. Always. He always does it. Because when there is a sacrifice, when there are a people that seek Him, there is an aroma that comes up to heaven. There is a smell that comes from that, from a consecrated life. There is something special about it. Listen, God will use a donkey if He wants to, but He responds to those who seek Him. There is something special about those who desire Him, and He manifests Himself to those. If you desire Him, listen, I've preached this over the last few months. I've said this nearly every sermon. If you knock, the door will be opened. If you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you will find. If you don't do those things, you will not reap those benefits. Is that okay? This is not to make you feel guilty. This is to encourage you. This is to put fire in you again. This is to stir you up again. This is to draw you back again. Because I know that sitting in this church tonight and even watching online, the majority of you watching, the majority of you that are here have encountered God in some or other way. Don't allow lukewarmness. Don't allow the ways of the world to pull at you, to draw you away from Him when He has destiny for you. He has purpose for you. And it's got nothing to do with your ego or how great you are or how wonderful you are. It's got, with, it's got everything to do with you becoming a vessel that can be used for His glory. Oh, and He wants to use you in the most incredible way. He wants to manifest His power in you. He wants to, he wants to use you and, and, and fill you with His presence and His Spirit to do the most amazing things. All the other stuff will come. It will come. It will come. It will come. Listen to me. It will come. Young ladies, listen carefully to me. If you dating a guy and you sleeping with him before you married, don't complain afterwards that he's not godly. He wasn't godly before you married him. You think he's going to change afterwards? And it's the same for you guys. Somebody better say amen. Come on, say amen. Now, I didn't say that to make anybody feel guilty. I'm saying that to make somebody wake up. You're so fortunate that you live in the best dispensation. If you repent, it's done. That's it. But repentance isn't crying. Repentance is going in the other direction. There's something beautiful about that moment of remorsefulness, absolutely. But then make a decision to change again. Is that okay? And I'm just using one example, but there are many. Is that okay? I don't want to go after everything. Is that all right? All right. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord as did his father David. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that is east of Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the people of Ammon, and we'll talk about Molech tomorrow. And he did likewise for all his foreign wives who burnt incense and sacrificed to their gods. And so the Lord became angry with Solomon. Now watch, because he has the key. Because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. His heart had turned from the Lord God. 
And God had appeared to him two times. Many of you and many and myself, God has, has come to me many times. My heart has to be protected. I cannot allow it to be polluted by the things of this world. I have to be different. I have to turn to him. Is that okay? And it commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what the Lord had commanded. Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, because you have done this and have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. Nevertheless, now watch, this is interesting. Nevertheless, I will not do it in your days. For the sake of your father, David, I will tear it out of your hand, out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear it away. I will not tear away the whole kingdom. I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. Man, God is so good. But what's interesting is that Solomon continues on, doesn't really see this take place even in his lifetime. I want you to understand something. Sometimes you will even see God continue to use people when their lives are not right. Don't always think that when someone is moving in the spirit or being used by God, that that is his approval. No, that's his grace. That's his grace. Is that okay? If we look at the story of, Som, of, of, Solom, of, of uh, Saul, of King Saul, King Saul had already lost his way completely with God. He was no longer the anointed one. God had already anointed David to be king. And he was already at this point being tormented by a, by a spirit. I mean, he was in a bad place. But in 1 Samuel 19 verse 23, it says this. So he went there to Naoth in Ramah. Then the spirit of God was upon him also. And he went on and prophesied until he came to Naoth in Ramah. I want you to see that. Basically, what I want you to see is that even in his state, he could still be used by God. How? The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Because you must understand the gifts and callings are irrevocable. So he still had to live it out. I want you to realize that sometimes God can even still use you. But that doesn't mean that God is now still pleased with what you're doing. Is that okay? And the most important thing that I want to get into you is that you must live in peace with God. On the inside, if you read Saul, Saul was, had a distressing spirit, a disturbing spirit that had come upon him after he had disobeyed God, after he had not seeked the Lord anymore. And that's what happens to us. You can still be used by God. You can still be used by Him, but in being a bad place. I don't want to see that for anybody. Amen. Come on, guys. God has called us to seek after Him fully, to go after Him with our whole hearts, to separate ourselves. I didn't say you must be perfect, but you must seek Him and try your very best. Yes, try. You must try. Why? Because you must be led by the Spirit. You must seek after God. And when you are trying, when you are seeking Him, when you are desiring to go after Him, you will automatically begin to change. It's when your heart desires and decides to go in another direction and you stop seeking after Him that all those things of the world will slowly creep back in. Amen. 
Let's go in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians 7, verse number 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness. How do we do that? 2 Corinthians 6 verse number 17 says, Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. This is New Testament. Don't go after the things of this world. What is he saying? He's saying, separate yourself. I'm not saying that you can't be in the world. You're in the world. Of course you're in the world. But you must be different. You must be different. You must be led by the Spirit. You must seek after God. Desire Him with all of your heart. Not those things in the world. They are not going to get you anywhere. You will lose your way. Listen. When you start backsliding, the slide is quick, guys. It's a slippery slide that happens fast. But I want you to know that God's grace is sufficient. The scripture where sin sin abounds, grace abounds even more isn't there so that you can sin a lot. It's there for moments like this to let you know that even though you've messed up so much, you can still come back to him. You can still turn back to him. It's not saying carry on. It's saying, come on, separate yourself now. Make a decision tonight to really seek after him. No more one foot in the world, one foot in, in, with the Lord. Let's go after him completely. I don't know about you, but I have, a, I have, a, I have already seen. I have already seen what's going to take place during our Holy Spirit Fire Conference. I've asked the Lord to show me. What will you do, Lord? How will you move during our Holy Spirit Fire Conference? And I'm challenging you tonight to separate yourself. Many of you are fasting. Many of you are not. That's fine. But I want you to know this, is that make a decision to go after God. Decide to put those things in the world aside. Decide to chase after Him. Those things that you know draw you away from Him, don't go after them. Go after Him. Seek Him. Hunger for Him. Thirst for Him. Knock for Him. Ask for Him. Seek for Him. And you'll receive. You'll receive in the most amazing way. Don't go after the things of this world. Don't do it. It's not worth it. The Bible tells us that they came to Jesus. In the, he said, Let me read it to you quick. I'll close with this. Matthew 7, 21. Some of you are already going, oh no. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done the wonders, many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What does this mean? I don't want to get too much into it, but I want to say this. 
It shows you that on the earth, people can still do things for God, for God, and their hearts are far from Him because they've been drawn by something else. Something else has become their God. And Jesus says, I don't know who you are. Are you with me, guys? And this, again, this is not to make anybody afraid or anything like that. It's to say to you, it's not time for us to mess around. God is so full of love, so full of compassion and mercy, wants to use you, wants to bless you, all that stuff. But he also demands that you seek after him and seek righteousness as well. That you pursue him, pursue holiness, pursue the presence of God. He desires that from us. Amen. What does the Bible say? I'd rather you be hot or cold than lukewarm. Because if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. I don't want any one of us to be in a position like that. I want to see God use you, bless you, move through you. I want to see you walk with Him in the most amazing relationship because it's available to all of us. Well, you don't know how bad I am. Listen, you don't know how bad I was. I'm so good now. But back then I was really bad, you know. (laughs) We all make mistakes. But one thing that I do do is I do seek righteousness. But I know my righteousness comes from Him. But I still seek it because I want Him to know that He is all I desire. And nothing else is more important to me than Him. Nothing else is more important to me than His ways. My heart is His completely. That's my desire. I don't desire, I don't desire anything else anymore. Yesterday I desired other things, but today only Him. <laughs> That's the reality is that it's, a, it's an everyday thing. You can't go on yesterday's stuff. It has to be today. The question is, how are you with Him right now? Are you pursuing Him right now? Or, is your, your, or, or has your God become something in the world? Is there something there that you go after more than Him? Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more teaching like this and other material, please visit our website at www.oceansunite.com.